Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 11. We're going to finish today. We've been looking at the last of the I Am statements where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. We've talked about a couple of weeks ago um, about the two deaths. We talked last week on Resurrection Sunday about the two resurrections. Today, what we're going to talk about are the two lives, all right? So as we finish up this, remember this. As Jesus Christ makes this statement, I am the resurrection and the life, he is going back to where he's also already told us, I am the way, truth, and the life. And so everything that we have and who we are as an individual flows through Christ. It's not the other way around. Christ does not need us. We need Christ. And so what we have to understand is that our lives only truly become the life that we were created to live when we accept Christ into our heart. Jesus says, I am the he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, starting in verse 25, will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now think about this for a second. He's asking this to Mary and Martha, all right? And so as they're getting ready to answer this, who's already here? Who, do you remember a few weeks ago? We, we, the same question was proposed to who? Do, does anybody remember? When we were looking in Matthew chapter 16, it's found in verse 13, all right? Somebody wants to turn there right quick. It's the talking about when Jesus asked the same question to Peter. Does he, who, do, who do you say that I am? And he answered what? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now listen to this one. Here it is. And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. So, once again, we're given this question. This question comes to every single one of us during this time on this earth. We have to deal with Christ Jesus. Every individual that walks the face of the earth will have to deal with the name of Christ, whether to follow it and have life or to not follow it. When we follow it, it is to believe. It is to place our trust in Christ, and then when we follow that in truth, that's called faith. We're stepping out on that trust, that basis of belief, and we're living our life from that point on in faith of Christ. When we live in the faith of Christ, then we're trusting our lives to Him. That's what this is all about. Truth, and then knowing that truth, believing in that truth, and then trusting enough to be able to walk in faith. We were talking about in Sunday school today, in our Sunday school class, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has paid for us as a servant. He is the least of these when he came. He lived like that. He came not to be served, but to serve all of us. He made a sacrifice. His life is a ransom for us. He ransomed our lives so that we might have life with him. We don't fully grasp and understand that. When we accept and then when we say that we're going to follow Christ, we don't know the sacrifices that we will have to make to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. There are things that God will ask us to lay down. There are things that God will ask us to pick up. And whatever that is, whatever that burden is that he places, he says that what? That is light in comparison to us trying to carry it ourselves. So we have choices. We have choices in our life to not only accept Christ as our Savior, but then to actually go out and to follow Him. In other words, it, if He gives us life, are we going to live that life? 
Because that life is abundant. If we don't live that life, then we are going to be unfulfilled because we're going to try to do what we want to do, and that won't be what God wants us to do. All right. So as we look at this today, there are two different lives. The first life is in the flesh. It is the curse. Now I'm going to go back. If I know that we started and we, we read in John chapter 11, but we're going to spend a lot of time in Deuteronomy chapter 30. So if you have your Bibles, you may want to flip there and just kind of hold your finger up um, where we were before. But we're going to spend a lot of time in Deuteronomy chapter 30. It says this in this passage, starting in verse 15. See how I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Wow. I mean, do you think about this when you wake up in the morning? Do you think about that? Do you think about the life and prosperity that's before you each and every day when you wake up or the death and the adversity that comes? Some days are better than others, are they not? All right. Some days have loss in them. Some days are vibrant and seem to have life fulfilled in them or fullness of life. And so every day when we, when we get up in the mornings and our feet, before our feet even hit the floor, we need to be prepared in our attitude and in our mindset for that day which lies ahead. Because we're really not sure how that's all going to come out, right? We don't know if we're going to have adversity that day or if we're going to have prosperity that day. You just have to, have to live it. But that's life in the flesh, it says, that I've put before you life and death and then prosperity and adversity. And I've commanded you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you're entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong the days, your days, in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. Okay, now think about all the things that are said in this passage right here. God commands us. He commands us each and every day to live for Him. So guess what? When we wake up, we think that we have a choice of whether or not we're going to live for God that day, but that's not following His commands. That is disobedient if we choose to get up and do what we want to do and live the way that we want to live. So if we take our life into our hands, we've done that, have we not? Now, are there days when you can remember in your life where you've taken your life into your own hands, living in the flesh the way that you wanted to live? Every single one of us has that. When we do that, then we are living that life. We are disconnected on that particular day. So he commands us to follow what? To follow his commands for us. And he says that when we follow his commands for our lives, that it's going to what? Lead to prosperity. It's going to lead to the life that we were designated to live or designed to live. Now look. That does not mean that every single one of those days are going to be sunshine and roses for us, okay? There are days, I'm going to tell you, yesterday, we were talking about this in Sunday school too. How many of y'all served at the booth yesterday, all right? We served for three hours, and I could have gone home and slept for ten. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. We were there from one to four, and then we took everything down. By the time we got done putting it in the... Uh, fellowship hall, by the way, if you had stuff there yesterday, it was still at the booth. It's in the fellowship hall. And so if, if, if and when we got done, we left at 4.30. When we got home at 5 o'clock, we both lay down on the couch. I had my 
I have my head in Tamar's lap, and I, I don't know about you, but I start shaking when I'm about to go to sleep. Do y'all do that? I kind of like, I just start doing this. You don't really know this about yourself, but Tamar goes, are you going to sleep? And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep. She goes, you were shaking. If you're shaking, you're getting ready. She goes, I was about. If she hadn't said anything, I would have been gone. I'd have been gone within like 20 or 30 minutes of getting home after serving for three hours. Serving is hard work. Serving takes a lot out of you, does it not? Ladies, does it not take a lot to fix for everybody else on Wednesday nights? It does. These ladies, every single solitary week, fix food for us. They're not just fixing for four or five. They're fixing for 25, 30, 35 people every Wednesday night. And it takes a lot of energy when we go and we give ourselves for someone else. So think about that. God is calling for us to follow his commandments. That takes a lot of energy from you. You need to be prepared that day in your heart for what God has laid ahead of you. Teachers in here, right? You're serving others. It takes a lot to teach somebody else's kids, does it not? How about on Sunday morning back here? We need to pray for Beth right now. Did y'all see how many kids went back there with her? She needs a nap this afternoon. You got that, Joe? All right. Beth gets a nap this afternoon. So think about all the times where we're giving of ourselves to go and give for others. That is what God has commanded us to do. As we live that commandment out, it takes a lot out of us. That's why Paul tells us that we need to be constantly filled with the Spirit of God. Because if we do that in our flesh, what does it do to us? It wears us out. It totally wears us out. And if we are totally worn out, we are not in a position or a place to give to somebody else. Jesus Christ said he came to serve and not be served. His life was a constant outpouring, a constant outpouring. Paul says in the last of his letters, 2 Timothy, he says, My life right now is a drink offering that is being poured out for everybody else. He was in prison. He had all day. He wasn't doing anything physical, was he? No, but he had all of these, what, these Roman guards and people that he was, they were coming to him in prison to hear the word and then taking that message out to others. So his life was being poured out, poured into other people. And I don't think we get that as we mature in Christ. As God commands us, he tells us. What does he tell older women and older men into the, in, in Scripture? What's our job as older men and older women? What's our job? pour into the younger ones when we get older we want to what go sit down and have somebody else do it for us don't we how many of y'all I'll use this example in Sunday school too how many of y'all like cruises uh, cruises are awesome right why are they awesome because when you're on the boat you ain't gotta do jack Somebody is feeding you. Somebody's making up your room two or three times a day. You don't have to clean the toilet. They take your soap and they take it away and give you new soap. It's, I mean, when you come in the room all the time, everything is redone. And there's a little animal on your bed and stuff, you know, where they made the towel and the stuff and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's amazing. You go and you sit down to go eat and you can order anything that you want on the menu. You want two entrees? Yes, Mr. Hunter, get as fat as you want on this boat. Someone is serving your every need. That is the greatest feeling in the world, right? 
to feel like somebody's got your back in every aspect of your life. That happens for us on a daily basis as spiritual followers of Christ. It may not mean that somebody comes and physically serves us, but somebody's got our back all the time. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't tell you how many times I've had men come up to me and say, Pastor Tim, we got your back on that one. That doesn't mean a whole lot. You know who's really got my back? Christ has got my back. I appreciate the fact that you are looking out after me and you have my back. But I'm going to tell you this. When the rubber meets the road, the one that's really got my back is Christ. And that's the one that really matters. But if I choose, if I choose to go my own way and not follow all this, look at what it says. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, if you are drawn away, if you worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land that you are crossing in the Jordan to enter and possess it. Romans 7 puts it this way. This is the battle that's going on. For I know nothing good dwells in me, Paul is saying this. This is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. How many of you, do you feel like, Lord, I'm ready to attack the day. Then the Lord tells you what you got to do, and you go, no, I'm not really ready to go there today. I'm not feeling that one today, all right? And so, look, the good is not for the good that I want, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I'm doing the very thing that I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the bo this body of death? Christ sets us free from that. I don't think people wake up on Monday and say, hmm, let me go serve at a booth at a festival in the, on a hot Saturday afternoon in the middle of Flowery Branch. We have to have our mindset to know that God is in that. He has placed us there, and then once we get there, we are truly fulfilled. There's a lot of work that went into making what took place yesterday happen. And I want you to understand something. It was well worth it. And I want you to understand something else. Not a soul that came by our booth walked in this place today. Yet. But that doesn't, our worth and the value is not by how many people come and sit in our seats. I can't tell you the number of conversations that we had. I've already told you about one. God uses us as a light when we take ourselves and put ourselves out there to be lit up. Don't hide it under a bushel. Set it on a hill. Behind the police department in the middle of Flowery Branch. That's where we were. We weren't in the prime position, but we got all these folks that came by, and we had an opportunity to pour in. That is being what God has called us to. That is living the life that he has called us to. That is not following after our flesh. That is living life in the Spirit, which is the second one. Look what it says. It says for number two, we live in the Spirit. We don't follow the curse. The, the, the life that we need to live is in the Spirit. That is blessings now and eternal life later. So it's the best that we can live. I know none of y'all listen to this, and I know I'm totally going off the rails on this one. But there was a song in the 80s. It was called The Best of Both Worlds. 
and it talked about the, the, the actual song basically said, I want to live the best that I can live now and then have the good later. But the, all the stuff that he talked about living in that song now was not good. He wanted all the junk of the world that the world have, had to offer, and then he wanted glory afterwards. You can't have both of those. Do you, do you get that? You can't live a life in this flesh and, t and totally give our lives over to that and still have the other. We think we're the one that can make that happen, but we can't make that happen. Life requires something from us. Following Christ requires something from us. Every one of us has a what to bear? What does Scripture say? A cross to bear. That requires something from us and of us it can be time talent treasure it can be passion it can be energy it could be whatever god is calling us to give and give that out but it cannot be lived for the flesh and then get eternal life it must be lived in the spirit and to be lived in the spirit gives us blessings now and eternal life later because let me tell you this when you pour out all that energy and it's in the world it always leads to disappointment why does an alcoholic need another drink? Because the effects of the drink before wore off. Why does an addict need another pill? Because the effects of the pill wear off. The joy that God gives us is everlasting. It is a fruit. It is a fruit of our spirit. Love, joy, peace kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All these things are fruits that come from the Spirit of God and cannot be fulfilled by the things of this world. So, when we pour our lives in the flesh, we're never going to have a fullness that's within us. But if we give ourselves sacrificially to God, there's blessings that come from that. The work that was given yesterday yielded fruit. I know it yielded fruit. It may never set foot in here, but it yielded fruit through conversations and has an eternal effect in our community. I believe that. Every time we get the opportunity and we grasp that, God uses that for his goodness and his glory. In the blessings, it says this. If we live in the Spirit, 2 Corinthians 5.15. He died for all that they who might live, that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Scripture says that Jesus Christ died for all. Many will follow him, but he died for all. We don't get to pick and choose who he died for. He died for everyone. So when he calls for us or commands for us to go out and to live the life in which he's given us, the cross in which we bear spiritually in the world, we don't get to pick and choose who we share with. Look, think about Jonah in the Old Testament. Nineveh, who wants to go there? 120,000 people that were the enemies of God. And God says, I'm going to place a revival on this city, 
and I'm going to use you to do that. And Jonah says, nah, not me, not happening. But he did it anyway, did he not? Was Jonah joyful about that? No, he was not. Eventually, Jonah came around. But it took some time. We need to give our heart, our life, our soul, our mindset, our physical being to what God has called us to do. And in doing so, that will bring fulfillment. And it brings blessings to us. God blesses us through the overflow of what he does in our lives. Why do you think I have so much energy today? I should be worn out, right? I just told you I could have fell asleep at 5 o'clock last night. But I'm full this morning. I'm full this morning because what we did yesterday filled me up. It lit my fire. And in doing so, it gives passion to other things and other aspects of our life. I was a nicer person last night, wasn't I, darling? <laughs> Maybe not that far, right? Maybe not. All right. Romans, oh, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Go back to look at verse 19. It says this, I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Catch that. The blessing from our lives pour out to those who are around us. Your life, the blessing that is your life, has an effect on your family and those who are around you. Others in your household are blessed because of the relationship that you have with the Lord. I just told you a story about a lady who prayed for her husband for 36 years. Her household was blessed. She raised her kids godly. She took them to church. Her household was blessed through her. And then he became a fruit, a fruit of what? Her love for the Lord. And we can see that and know that. Her life had an effect on other people's lives around her. They shared in the blessings that God poured out. Tomorrow's a godly woman, and I live in that fruit. I know I do. I know I do. I receive blessings that come from God through her. And so do my kids. That's a household of faith. You've got to understand and know that, that when that happens... God is using you in that household and not only blessing you as an individual, but the, those who are around you. You and your descendants are sharing in that. Dawn, your household back there. Gary, your household. You got three generations living under your roof, right? Chris, you're living in that fruit. Do you get that? Presley, just born, is living in that fruit. George, that was land that you owned, right, back in the day? Your family living in that fruit. We won't even talk about the other side of the road, will we, Vivian? <laughs> Do you get that? That whole This is what God is doing. This is how he multiplies this out. This is how others share you and your descendants. Romans 8, verse 6 says this. But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. So if our mind is set on the Spirit, and then the fruit comes out of that, we have life, and then a fruit of that Spirit is going to be peace that's in our life. 
Do you often sit and listen to your coworkers who you know that are lost and see the havoc that is being wreaked in their life by the chaos that is of this world? Now look, I'm not telling you that every single one of us avoid that havoc. But I will tell you this. When the havoc comes, that there's a peace that we know that somebody else has got one our back and got the whole situation under control. And I've seen people that have joy through the worst and most traumatic experiences. She's not here this morning, but Miss Ruth, Miss Ruth, never complains. I am a whiner. If I was in her situation, I'd be whining not only to you, but to God all the time. Why me? Why this? What's going on with this? Never. Called and talked to her the first part of last week to find out how her visit went with her doctor. It's all good. I have a cracked sternum, but it's all good. I've been in pain for a couple of weeks, but it's all good. God's got it. I'm like, somebody crack my sternum, I'd be whining. Somebody come go get me. Give me some ice. Somebody take care of me. I'm hurt. I'm injured. I know me, and so does my wife. That's why she's a blessing. Do you get this? This is what God does. God is using us, even in through the most difficult of circumstances and situations that are in our lives. I love this passage. I just really want to kind of close with this. This kind of wraps this all up for me. When we talk about Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, and then not only that, that we were born and death was overcome, and we have this life through the resurrection of Christ. The things that we've looked at over the last, what, few months as we've been leading up and now through Easter. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12 says this, but we have this treasure. This treasure that God has given us is in an earthen vessel so that the surpassing greatness of all the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to the death over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. Death works in us but life in you. Do you get this? Let's explain this constantly, daily, every single day, everyone in this place has to die to ourselves. A little piece of us has to die every day. And in fact, a little piece of us is dying every day. Tomorrow I had to wipe my mouth in Sunday school. I had something on it. Didn't even know. I'm just so old now. I get stuff all over me and I don't even know. I don't even have a beard for an excuse. I just can't put food in my mouth anymore, you know. Somebody's just got to wipe me off and take care of me. Every single day, a little bit of me is passing. All the things that I thought that when I was a grown-up in life I would take care of, I can't do some of that stuff anymore. The older I get, the things that I could have done when I was 30, I can't do them anymore. They're not coming back, are they? I'm not getting any younger. 
so there's a part of us that if we sat here and thought about this and thought the fact I'm dying we all are every single one of us every day is dying and it's not going to get any better but the deal is this each day it says that Christ is alive in us and that makes it worthwhile I'm trading this shell for that so as each day is a little bit of me passes away and dies and I don't get that back and I'm clicking off the years and the days I was just thinking about this this morning in two months tomorrow's dad's been gone for almost seven years for seven years and I cannot fathom and understand where that seven years has gone. Seven years. My mom, this October, will be gone 10 years. And in January of next year, my dad will be gone 25 years. And I'm like, where has all of this gone? But as part of me, it's going, I'm one day closer to that, to the other side, to life eternal. To my soul being with their soul in eternal glory so Christ has to be alive in me even though this is going away and that's what he's saying here this glory this goodness this command this calling all of this is in an earthen vessel and it is broken but God is not and God can still use this in a booth sitting in a chair. 95 years old. Spent two hours with us yesterday. 95 years old. When you got up and left, the guy in the booth next to us was talking about you. 95 years old. Sitting for two hours under a canopy at a festival. Still working it. Still telling people, sign up for this. Come get some free water. And then watching Greer do the work of actually handing it out. Still calling it out. As long as there is breath in us, then we are a vessel to be used. Paul said, I am being poured out. We think that means it's going on the ground. It's going to dry up and go away. It doesn't mean that. It means poured out into the hands of someone else. And we may not even be able to be the hands and feet anymore, but we still can be the voice. We still can make an impact. And it can be from anything. It can be cooking somebody else's food to letting them in our house on Sunday afternoons for lunch and having all the kids, the grandkids, the great-grandkids, the effect that that has on somebody's life and what that means. I told you guys I got pictures a few weeks ago. My homestead is now a road. Where my grandparents had a store, and if you get off of 316 onto the loop in Athens, when you're going on the off-ramp, you're going through my grandparents' property. And my aunt had a piece of property right down the road. And as I'm going through those pictures, I'm looking at my children 
doing Easter Easter egg hunts in my aunt's property right down there by the Cheddars in Athens. And there's this big magnolia tree. And I remember hunting Easter eggs under that. So as we were looking through those pictures, and I'm going through back all through these years, I can still pull up the Cheddars and still see the magnolia tree that was in my aunt's property where I hunted Easter eggs and where my kids hunted Easter eggs. And though the house is no longer there, the tree that reminds me of that still is. And though my aunt, my uncle, my grandparents, my parents, they've all gone on to be with the Lord, it is still right here. And as it overflows itself out, that means that my house needs to become that. Or I need to find that place. Or I need to be a part of what's going on in somebody else's life to pour down. And on and on and on it goes. And it multiplies itself out. Why? Because it is effectual on all of us. As I handed the picture, I saw all the kids of all my cousins. And they're doing the exact same thing. That house is no longer there. Those people are no longer there. But the effects of those days are right here. Do we get that? That's the picture of this. I am life, and I am life abundant. It's not about a bank account. It's about what flows out of us. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the fact that you've been able to draw us all here to hear a word that you have for us. Father, I pray that our lives will be lived, that we will not fall into the curse of this world, And take our eyes off of you and think that anything that is in this world is going to bring us fulfillment. Father, help us to see that life and life abundance comes through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and as it moves through our lives. And Father, help us to see that though sometimes our lives may not have all of the um, trappings of this world which come from um, a job description or a title or something like that that makes us feel important to others, that it is important. And that you are using us. You're using us in classrooms. You're using us in festivals. You're using us in this place. May we give you all the glory for that. These things we ask now. These things we pray for in Christ Jesus' name.